Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyeltica Fusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday night here on the show. It is the only place I'd rather be than sitting on my couch playing video games. Woo! This is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, all, this is a show about video games, so why not? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific commoner himself, Zilios. And I apologize. I think I have hair in my mouth. That's okay, Zilios. Not my own hair, either. Andy Cluster! I'm glad that you, too, like the games. Uh, so this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly sh live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you uh, during our show. If you haven't yet got a chance to uh, submit a topic, uh, please do so by dropping it into the chat. Uh, and we will try to add it to our discussion. If, unfortunately, we run out of time, we will add it to the very beginning of our next show. So, without further ado, let's get down to the topic. All right. Then what so, is our first topic, good sir? The first topic is, ladies and gentlemen, Zelius wants to tell you why he missed last Thursday. Oh, yes. I, I was not expecting that. I missed last Thursday because our high school varsity robotics team won a virtual scrimmage in which we competed against other teams in Georgia. Yeah. Because we have been totally virtual, meaning we cannot see other people in real life. So we did a virtual thing, and it was fun because it's like the most actual head-to-head -head competition we've had the entire year. Yes. So it was quite exciting. And you won? We came in first. Yay! And this is basically as high as you could go because world is canceled, right? Yeah, so that was like a virtual, non-official scrimmage. Um, and then the next couple of days were then our actual competition real matches, so to speak. Um, but then, yes, after that, that was like basically the last competition we could have competed in this year. Um, because the world's competition, which is normally had in Houston, um, had been canceled a month or so ago due to basically the COVID. The what? The COVID. COVID. The the 19, damn it. Not very well. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, congratulations to Zelius and his team. Mm. All right. So uh, the topic that we were going to talk about last week, but we had to postpone it to this week, uh, is one a very well-known company out there, uh, Intel, has decided mm -hmm. to throw their hat into a, a ring that is... Uh, uh, I don't know. So, uh, so here's the deal. As many of you know, uh, companies around the world are trying to deal with uh, toxicity in in the in the uh, their gaming environment, their working environment, all that stuff. And so you have all these different uh, companies or solutions. Intel ha has the, I guess, the latest and greatest, and that is uh, called, I believe, it's called Bleep. Uh, and it basically is going to be a, um, uh, it, it's going to be a, a self-improving, uh, AI algorithm that will filter voice chat so that you don't have to deal with all the curse words or all the negative words, um, while you game, of course, once again, trying to bet, uh, combat uh, game toxicity. Uh, now, of course, there have been tons of companies who have tried to combat this. Uh, some of them have just basically gone with the, we're going to ban you for 10 minutes. Uh, there's there's also quite a few instances of self-reporting uh, 
Uh, but let's be honest, if uh, there's a there's a very good chance that you have enough uh, dickwads out there who will decide to uh, basically gang up on an individual who may not be all that good and report them as being the nuisance. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. All right, so Intel's got this brand spanking new thing, okay? And it sounds interesting, very interesting, but I have some but? problems. I have some problems. Okay, first of all, um, I, I do. I, I made a little note to myself here, and I, and I want to go back and say it. Basically, there's a lot of games out there whose, um, whose way of uh, battling toxicity is on the same level as if you were to basically uh, find like a mega superstar, be it like a celebrity, a sports star, you find them like $20,000 and a promise that they'll never do it again. Like it it means nothing. Okay. Now, uh, so here's, here's a couple of things that uh, come to mind immediately for me when it comes to this wonderful AI powered voice filter. Um, First of all, in the perfect world, this would be amazing. But let's face it, we ain't in a perfect world. Um, That's what AI is for, to make it perfect. Yes, but here's to the thing. overcome it, our human fallible shortcomings. Touche. Uh, now, Zelis and I were discussing this uh, a little bit last week, and that is, okay, so just the mere fact that you're going to have an application uh, that's going to monitoring your, your voice chat is cool, but you have so many games and programs out there that are on the lookout for a third-party app or widget or you know, add-on or plug-in that will basically either not allow you to load up the game or will basically destroy what they see as a, a potentially uh, a dangerous um, application. I would imagine in that case, though, it should be fairly trivial for the if let's just say, for instance, I'm just picking out a random game, League of Legends, right? If yep. Riot is like, hey, this is actually a good idea, it would be fairly trivial for a Riot to be able to basically whitelist this application process or go the step of what I would wonder if would actually happen if basically Intel licenses it to like a Riot and then Riot go ahead and implements the option. It's like a little checkbox, like filtering your text chat. See, and that's that's actually one of the things I was thinking was that Intel is basically trying to get this out in front of as many eyes as possible so that they can license it to these developers. But once again, it, it is an AI learning algorithm. So it's that's not going to be perfect right off the bat. It's going to have to learn. You already have that. I mean, you already have like earbuds you can buy that will translate from one language to another on the fly. Um, so, well, it's not, like, I mean, yes, it's pretty much on the fly, but it's not exactly on the fly. So things like this kind of exist in some form or fashion, and that's fine. Um, it exists in the game of life, damn it. What is the game of life? I don't even know at this point. But anyway, so here, here's the thing, though. Uh, um, first of all, uh, is this... I've I've got like a series of questions here. I'm just going to try to spout them out, and then Zelis and I can discuss. And then of course, it's Charlie trying to lampoon a idea. Yes, uh, and of course, if you lovely audience members want to, you know, throw in your thought, by all means, uh, derail my discussion for me. And I'm not I'm not shitting you, please. Uh, so okay, here here's the thing. 
So you got this algorithm, it's gonna be self-learning. So it's not gonna immediately be perfect. Immediately, I think of the the riot. Um, there's an AI bot, I, don't, I think it's still there, that's been learning like toxic behavior and trying to combat it uh, in game without having to have someone self-report. But I, you know, I, I'm not hearing it making waves or, or you know, changing everything. So I'm assuming that it's still a work in progress, and that's been a couple of years. So you got that. Uh, the, the other thing is, it it says that uh, I read a couple of the blurbs and it was going, you know, we we'll it will take care of um, uh, uh, native languages. So if you're so, what language are we talking like? right out of the box, it's going to have a basic understanding of all the curse words of every single language. Is that even possible? Uh, second of all, what if an individual who is not, let's say that you are playing against someone uh, from France and um, your, uh, your main language is English, so you don't know French, and you're you're on a voice chat with someone who's from France and they start spouting a bunch of curse words in French. It's not your native language, but is it going to bleep it? The, the, and the reason why I ask this is that I do not, I, I refuse to recognize the fact that I know some French, but I do know curse words. So I'd be very interested to see how that would work out. You know, the important parts of French. Exactly. Uh, now, of course, the, another one of my, uh, another one of the questions was, like I said before, if it's a th it's a piece of third uh, third party software running in conjunction with the game. In order for this to truly work, it's going to have to integrate with whatever your voice chat thing is going to be. Um, so if now, you we're going to go back to the days of using Ventrilo, and it's going to be Team Speak, baby. Team yeah. Speak. Yeah, go old school. So we don't need to use that built-in integrated <laughs> chat anymore. Yeah, use a third-party application, and we're all in the channel. It's going to be great. I mean, that because that's you know, so you're. It's not going to be native to the game. It's it's going to be. Um, let's see. Andy Cluster says f bomb. Cultural differences. I can see depend on the game and server the players are using, and and you're probably right. There, it probably does have to. It's probably dictated a lot by you know you're on the EU server, or the NA server, or the what the hell's the other server. Oceanic. There you go. Oceanic. And, or you could probably like, you know, select your language preference too. Like true. Do I only care about the English language or do I also care about I mean could you could you do multi-language? You're like, I, mean, I know five different languages. When it comes to chat. Yeah. Because a lot of games by default for text chat already have the filter enabled. So how do those work? Right. So but but here's the thing. Um so you know it's going to be a third party. It's not going to be built in as of right now. It's not going to be built in. So my question is, yes, Zelius did a very good example of, you know, the earbuds that will basically translate as almost, you know, flawlessly from one language to something that you'll understand for, you know, when you're talking in a foreign country. But the question is, in video games, like you need stuff down to the millisecond. So if you're talking about a program that's running outside of that game, that's having to filter the audio conversation that is in the game, how fast is that, you know, that, that thing? Is it causing any type of lag because it's having to go through there? And if so, I mean, that could be the difference between winning and losing. True, true. 
but but here's here's the thing that really bugs me about this uh this thing right now as it stands. So uh they if if you're if you're curious about it, just type in I think it's Intel AI um uh, uh powered voice filter and uh you'll see like they they had some presentations about it and all that stuff. And in those presentations and some of the screenshots you'll see that it pulls up um uh, basically like a dialogue box with a bunch of uh options. There's um there's one that basically rates like the severity of the language. Like I don't want, you know, I don't want any curse words or, you know, only the worst, which is kind of weird because mm -hmm. that that's, you know, completely, you know, up to whomever is playing the game as to what is a terrible curse word. But sure. here's the thing that really bothers me. And this is kind of, I, I and, and I, I say this jokingly, but at the same time, it really pisses me off. And that is that technically, what you could do with this wonderful program is you could stop all the curse words from coming in, but you could still be a racist, sexist, homophobe because those you, you, you can, you know, uh, like the N word, the N word is its own thing. So you could turn it on or off. It's not part of like, you know, a package of words. So, you know, no fuck shit damn whatever's but you can still say all those other words which i refuse to say but um you know you could be as sexist as possible you could be as bigoted as possible and you could be as homophobic as possible well i mean it's also that person may be that way from a end user perspective right it may, it's also about for me i don't really care if the other person is being a racist homophobe if i'm not hearing like it doesn't affect me it only affects me in so far as much as if i'm actually hearing what they're saying so if they're using all these homophobic slurs at me and i'm not hearing it because this filter is bleeping it out then they're just basically yelling at empty air then and being angry not really affecting me so good job i, I just it just i, I it's not I, I believe me. I know that there's individuals out there who ha who are racist, who are sexist, who are homophobic, who are uh, xenophobic. Uh, and I'm just going to keep naming phobics here. Uh, but um, you know, and I understand that. But I just to basically set give you a system that you could basically personalize the level of, I guess, X. It's just a little, I don't know, it's just weird to me. I can see that. I mean, it's also, I think, well, I don't think, there is a recognition that there's just a lot of toxicity in video game chat. And this is Intel's way of recognizing that and being like, hey, uh, this is something that could potentially be done to combat that isms in your video games, which we all know well exist in especially competitive video games true um, in particular where there is rankings and that competitive nature really brings out the assholeism in people um and really it seems like for my experience at least that's what gets them to rage i mean my times of playing for instance mmos mm -hmm. even in random pickup groups even if you're screwed up, there was rarely rage because you didn't really necessarily lose anything. Like you lost time, I get that. Right. But you rarely meant you didn't like 
complete the mission or the dungeon in the end. You didn't like lose your ranking. You still got your purple loot at the end. Whereas if you have a bad player, I'm like, let's just say Overwatch because that's what I play. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to lose it. That's when it starts coming out because you lose your magic SR rankings. So you went down from, you know, platinum to gold because this other player was with you. Mm -hmm. That's where it seems like people start losing it. And there is, it is because it's a zero sum game. Like going back to MMOs, you still gain something even if you're with a terrible player. Right. Um, the only thing you probably lose is time. Whereas in competitive games of ladder based games, you actually lose. Everything. You know, people like their sense of worth and dignity, and then they take it out on other people in not appropriate ways. True. They I mean, don't know how to handle losing. Right. I mean, you know, with with an MMO at bare minimum, you could fail the mission, but you're going to gain experience that could potentially help you level up later. And in, in uh, you know, in these uh, you know first person shooter games, these squad based games. You know, there's not there's not really a leveling. Uh, I mean, yes, there's like an end game leveling up in certain games where you know the 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 longer the match goes, the more powerful you are. But then you're going to start from zero or one the next match, so there's nothing that carries over. Um, but uh, oh damn, I had something and Zelius made me forget it. Oh <laughs> no no. So so here's the thing though. So the one thing that I'm afraid of for this and That's anybody. Anybody who tries to um, to try to create something like this, it's it's a good idea. Like I said, it's a very good idea. In a perfect world, be beautiful, but there are always going to be new uh, terms, new slang that you're going to have to add an additional toggle button to. And I just fear that if you allow for uh, you know multilingual, uh, I guess you know. Uh, voice chat scan that you're going to have this monstrous on off like circuit board of like 200 things that you have to click individually. You know, that, that, that just seems really crazy. Also, this is, and I just had this thought, how about this? Instead of putting it in the game, have it work, uh, while you're streaming. So it's not filtering out anything for you, but it's filtering out your garbage as being streamed so you don't get in trouble on your stream. I mean, that would be a natural application of it, it would seem. Um, what would actually be fascinating to me, and maybe even a little bit of lightning, mm -hmm. is, I mean, I'll just take myself for, for example, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm playing, let's just say Overwatch, and let's just say... I mean, it's intended for an incoming person, but maybe I turn it in for the outcoming filter. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I don't know, let's just say I get flagged for misogyny. That could also be enlightening from a personal perspective. Right. You almost be like, oh, man, you know what? I was using these terms and I didn't even realize it. Right. Because I think, you know, most of the toxicity we think of is very obvious and obtuse, right? It just smacks you across the head. Yeah. But there's also the institutionalized racism and misogyny, which are built into the system, which people, myself included, are going to use terms probably with not even realizing it. True. Um, well, it's also, there's also connotation that you have to take into consideration. I don't know how it's going to keep up with that. Yeah. So I, I think that could be an interesting application, you know, maybe from the streaming perspective of maybe I'm using some term I didn't even know I was using in a video game mm -hmm. and upsetting people. 
Um, I think that's entirely possible that that does happen to people in general who mean well and don't even know it. Yeah. Um, now, what I would be curious of is this something that like a YouTube or Twitch would also use for a flagging of channels? Because we always talk about advertisers, right? Yeah. That's been an issue with Twitch and, you know, advertisers not being happy with a, you know, being on this stream because it has a very, let's just say homophobic overtone to it. Yep. Well, maybe they implement something like this where it's like, hey, look, advertisers, this channel is no longer homophobic because we implemented this. Um, they're just not, they don't sound I mean, homophobic. I mean, they could still. The streamer's not going to actually change their actions. Mostly. Well, of course, yeah. But it's a way for Twitch to maybe assage the advertisers. True. Like, well, you know, it's not really as bad as it seems. Um, it's the CIA, right? It's yeah. risk management. To Absolutely. reduce your exposure as much as possible sometimes matters more than actually doing anything about it. Uh, and right, this is actually, I, I mean, if it actually works, you know, it's maybe easier to implement this of flagging channels than it is to actually ban people. Because um, that never seems to go well. But, if, you know, you can have a, you know, let's consider in this context, Intel, an independent third party, mm -hmm. and their product, independent of Twitch, is flagging you for hate speech. Um, you can still stream, but you just have this nice little tag. And now advertisers XYZ are like, hey, if this channel has been flagged with hate speech, we don't want to advertise on it. True. I mean, it, it potentially, if, if it was, you know, if the algorithm was close to perfect, it could definitely, definitely. you know, you know. Uh, help. Well, it would obviously require some fine tuning. Yeah. Um, how, I mean, about, how about accents? What's that? How about how people pronounce words? Well, like I hate Siri. Like I Siri infuriates me because like I feel like half the time it doesn't. I don't feel like I know half the time it doesn't understand what I'm saying correctly. And half so, the time, no one understands you, Zelius. Sorry. What's that? Sorry, I got something <laughs> in my head. Oh, jeez. Oh, um, oh to that point, though, I mean, you do make a valid point, and that where. If Siri has a hard time understanding to me, which I use on a regular basis, oh. you know, now you're talking about something like this that's going to have all these different accents and, you know, people playing. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance it's going to also misrepresent what a person is actually saying. At least with Siri, you know, I can see what I'm typing. Whereas well, yeah. with this, yeah. I don't have that. True. Uh, first of all, Sam, you're in a timeout. Uh, Sam just said, where do you get... Go to fix a woman's watch. Nowhere. There's a clock on the oven. Um, but so so yes, uh, you know, trying to the the thing is once again, it's a great idea. I just don't know how it could feasibly be like implemented because you have so many languages, so many different dialects. You have accents and and uh, you know. If you say certain words in a, in a certain, you know, combination, it's it's uh, offensive or, you know, uh, but the other thing is, let's say that you are, you know, a, a, a cursing bastard and, and you can't help. You have to use a very long laundry list of things, but you have someone who has the um, the the filter in place. How fast is it going to switch off that bleep? Because once again, 
thinking from a strategy point of view, let's say that you're in a squad-based game and you're trying to give out directions. Someone has that filter on because they don't like certain words that you say. Is it going to be able to bleep it fast enough to, to still allow you to get all the information you need? Or are you just going to be constantly going, what? Huh? Can someone say that again? Oh, wonderful question, sir. And part of the beta process, I imagine. They don't, I don't think they're even a beta. I think they're still like an alpha prototype. What's like before alpha? Oh, speaking of alpha. Prototype. Guess what I started playing this week. Okay. This is a lie, ladies and gentlemen. Do not let Zelius fool you. It's a lie. Okay, go. I can't actually say anything about it because it's actually an NDA, like very upfront. But Amazon's new world actually exists. No, it doesn't. It existed. And I'm not going to lie. It's a game I have my eye on. Like having played alpha, that's as much as I'll say. I was like, okay, this is actually something I'm going to look forward to. Mm. Um, but yep, I'll just say keep an eye on New World. Um, of course, the issue with Amazon is, is it going to be another sadly canceled game? Uh, I'll just say I hope they do not cancel this and it makes it to production because it's solid. Like I'll just say it's solid. Don't worry. Uh, they got plenty of time to screw it up. From what I've read, it's actually improved a lot since pre-alpha like is alex before alpha i don't even know prototype uh, yeah but no it's I, I keep an eye on it man seriously keep an eye on it um i mean i feel like this is the game though that amazon's this is like there wasn't this like one of the first games they ever announced and yes. it feels like they poured a lot of resources into it at this point yes it was that one and crucible was the first two out the door well, it feels like Crucible is just a half-baked idea that just never really had much to it. Well, a half-baked it, idea that actually got out there and then got shuttered and they tried to bring it back. Whereas New World really has, it really, I think, has potential to be something special. Yeah, they kept pulling it back because they, they knew that they had to get this as close to right as possible. Yeah, no, I, I think it has a solid chance of actually doing well in the world. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more. We'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I, th I think I can say that with the NDA. I'm looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, you can say that. Just can't tell about any of the content in the game. Yeah, it's. They use so much green, invite. huh? Try to get the alpha invite. They are free if you can get one. So I guess you just go to their their homepage. You could probably slap uh, your info in there and then get an email. I mean, I only played probably like honestly about three to four hours, but it gives me enough to know what the core of the game is going to be mm -hmm. um, to be like, yeah, this is something I can look into. Sweet. Sweet. Um, yeah. Of course, I, of course, is it going to be canceled? I mean, I, I hope it isn't, but as we've seen, Amazon does not have the best track record of uh, not canceling their video games or studios. Mm. I mean, they're only spending, what, $465 million on the first season of Lord... That's why they're canceling all the games. They're spending like $600 million on season one of Lord of the Rings. So, okay. So, let, let's let's change gears. Does Do you... Is, is like, the new, like, uh, um, I guess, threshold of this is going to make your show good is it, how much money you spend on it? Like, if it's, uh, uh, you know, the the biggest amount of money I've, that they've ever thrown at a TV show. It's going to be amazing, though. 
Uh, I think we've seen that that is not always the case. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It's, yeah. you know, in life, having money sure as hell don't hurt to be happy, but right. it doesn't make you happy. But it just, uh, you know, like. They're different shows, yeah. Uh, the thing is, like, cool, cool. You're, you're spending that much money on it. But I feel like for a lot of the media out there and a lot of, you know, the people who are keeping an eye on that are going, well, it's going to be great. I mean, they're really, you know, just dumping tons of money into this. So it's going to be amazing. I'm like, you can't say that. There are so many video games out there who have taken a shit ton of money and given you basically a plate of shit. Well, the other thing, honestly, that much money in a TV show also says mm-hmm. lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of CGI. Oh, God, yeah. That's what it also screams to me is like, it's going to be a show of visual effects on the screen. And how well is it going to blend with your actual human actors and actresses? And that's something that the original Lord of the Rings trilogy did so well. I mean, obviously there are special effects and green screens, but well, so much that of first movie live. That first movie, uh, Gandalf changed sizes like a motherfucker. He was like... He was basically the hobbits came up to his knee in one scene and was like at his waist the next scene and and then it's like head was the size of a hobby. He's like, what the? But yes, I, I yeah. But yeah, it, they. It was like one of like the last big movies before everything was all CGI. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, and that's my worry now. If they, like now with the TV series, instead of at least you know and trying to have some realism in it um that's just gonna be like 88 percent cgi and the only thing that's gonna be real is like people talking one-on-one to each other okay but okay so the other thing that i fear is that they're gonna try to i i know ladies and gentlemen i i i am a nerd of many many years so i do know that there is a difference between lord of the rings and uh, which is, uh, of course, Tolkien and uh, a Song of Ice and Fire, which is, or as you would know it, uh, Game of Thrones, which of course is George R. R. Martin. But I feared that there may be those out there who want to see like a Game of Thrones version of Lord of the Rings, and I wonder how they're, you know, if if they're going to trade. You know me, I'm a freaking purist. I want the truth. I want nothing. But what you got? Uh, so what? What kind of Lord of the Rings is going to come out? Sam says, wasn't it better when they ha- had to make puppets and models look real? With CGI, anything goes. Looks more realistic, but somehow it's less impressive. Looking at you, Star Wars. To be honest with you, um, uh, there are. If you use the the Henson Studio, Jim Henson, of course, the the creator behind the Muppets and uh, Kermit the Frog and all that stuff. Those puppets look fucking real. Like, there's a very good chance that I'm going to see one of those, some of his designs in real life. Of course, I'm going to shit my pants because that thing is out of my nightmares. But, you know, they couldn't do that with CGI, honestly. Well, and just kind of going real quick about what you're saying, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So, a big car cost of that $600 million, whatever it is, for licensing. The- to about 200 plus million that was licensing from the Tolkien estate and according to what you read who knows how actually when it comes out but from what the people on the set have said including like 
Tolkien historians. Oh God. Is that part of the agreement was is basically they cannot they have to treat what's written as canon. Like nothing they do on the TV show can contradict what has been written by the Tolkien. Um, so so the they, players, they cannot contradict what's there. Now, obviously they'll have to expand on it because there's only so much written about the second age, which is, that's what this is based around is basically the second age of uh, middle earth. Um, but they cannot like contradict what was actually written in it. They can't also be like, well, you know, maybe Sauron was actually kind of a good guy. It's it just misunderstood. Actually, like the Dark Lord, and there's a little swapping going on when he got the ring. Like they can't do anything like that. So basically, they won't be. They won't have as much leeway as. Um, oh my gosh! I just what? What? Who's the director of the Lord of the Rings series? Why the hell? Uh, Peter you? Jackson. Yeah, Peter Jackson. They won't have as much leeway as Peter Jackson had. Well, it's a little bit tricky though, because at one point. No, because they have to follow the books. Right. But on the other hand, though, you got to think about it. Lord of the Rings, the trilogy was, it was a story, right? Mm -hmm. And the reality is when you take a very dense three, you know, thousands of pages of material, you have to change that some to be written for TV. I know you're a purist, but that's just the reality. Whereas if you look at like the Second Age stuff, that's a lot of it's coming from like the Similarian and footnotes and other places where it's a story, yes, but it's more of like anecdotal history where, to your point, like, I don't know if there's so much a story that they have to follow. Like, they have to follow, like, the major plot points of, like, this happened where, you know, the downfall of man happened when he took the ring instead of throwing it into Mount Doom like he could have done. Like, they can't contradict that, but how they got there and the events to make it there and all that stuff, that's not necessarily written. So that's the part where Amazon will have a little uh, wiggle room artistic freedom is for like what made it so that he changed his mind. I mean, we know it's because of the weakness of man, because that's written. Oh, and they can't do it. <laughs> Zealus <laughs> just contradicted what you just said. Yeah. But like, that's where they'll have that freedom is like how things actually got from point A to point B. We know point B happened. There's no doubt, but maybe how they got there, that's where they'll have some freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. just if, you, if you're curious, The Lord of the Rings has uh, 1,137 pages in it. Which edition? Because depending on like, what book you read, it could be a little bit different. I'm talking about the 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 um, the collective works, like one big-ass book. I feel like mine's much larger than 1,000 pages. You'd be surprised. But anyways... Um, yeah, go for them. I do find it funny uh, um, that uh, with the news of like the the huge amount of money that was being thrown at the Lord of the Rings TV series, that the the news about the Lord of the Rings MMO was uh, being canceled, and like, right after each other, it was like the timing was crazy. Which is really funny because it made me scratch my head. I'm like, wait, but there is a Lord of the Rings MMO. It's been out there. Uh, uh, it's been out there forever, and it turns out that that's not the same one. Um, so, yeah. Who knows? 
Maybe it'll make you go back and play the game again. Uh no, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm absolutely one hundred percent good. Oops. Helps I actually hit enter. How about that? Um eh, we'll see. Uh speaking of uh TV series, uh we gotta we gotta also mention the fact that happy, sad news, I don't know. But uh this coming season of Castlevania is gonna be its last. But that doesn't mean that that Netflix is done with the Castlevania universe. Um rumor has it that they're already gonna try to uh basically uh you know bring in another story, um, uh, but basically end this storyline and start another one. Nice. Which I it's cool, but at the same time I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I my my fear is I, I love when I get to see series uh complete themselves. But then I also fear when series complete themselves because I, I don't know what it is about writers or or directors or anything, but they sometimes find the weirdest ass shit or crazy ass way to end a series that leaves so many people, much more people pissed than satisfied. It's a very rare thing. So I'd be very, so I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm, I'm, you know, I of course want want the next uh, season of Castlevania, and I'm worried that the the ending is just going to suck balls, like so many yeah. shows have in the past. Um, but on the other hand, I'm excited to see that uh, the Dota anime has been already renewed for season two. Yeah, to be honest with you, I thought that that was already a done deal, but now it is. Um, and Dragons. I didn't know also Dragons Dogma was already renewed for season two also. Weird. Which is pretty cool. So two of the video game animes are already renewed for season two. Um, I mean, it's kind of, it is interesting to me that like, you had those, you had the Fate series from a couple of years ago, like Netflix all about the animes. Uh, they like them to get them on there. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I, well, the thing is, Netflix truly is now competing against the the army that is Funimation and Crunchyroll because they've now combined forces. Well, they already have the stuff on there. Like you can watch uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yep. Um, you can watch uh, not Dot Hack. What's the newer version of Dot Hack? Um, uh, God dang it! You just said it. Um, Fate. No. No. I like it. Fake dot hack now. Um, it's actually a video game series. It's on the oh. Log Horizon. No, that's not it. No, but that's it's exactly a, that's a dot hack. That's for uh, 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 oh, oh, what the damn it. Now you make me think of that. Sword Art Online, huh? Sword Art yep. Online, Sword Art Online. Yeah, um, it. Attack on Titan. So you have a bunch of animes, but okay. But here's the thing though, uh, Netflix is having to ramp up theirs so that they can have exclusives. Uh, because a lot of these animes that we just listed, of course, they're going to be available, avail were available either on Funimation or Crunchyroll. Now, of course, they're combining forces to make a mega anime streaming service. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like serialized television. Netflix knows they won't be able to keep those animes forever. So you got to build up your own library. But like we said in a previous show, uh, it is very interesting that, uh, or I guess interesting and also exciting that 
when they touch a video game franchise and make an anime out of it, it's been pretty good. I've been impressed. Yeah. Happily happily surprised, actually. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I will... I will continue to watch said series. Um, however, I wish, like, I understand that, uh, you know, the regular TV, you know, your cable, uh, season shows like, I don't know, like, uh, was it 12 or 24 episodes a season? Yeah, that's dead. Yeah, that's dead. And of course, you know, the BBC, uh, always, they're, you know, big franchise shows are usually like eight or 10 episodes long. And then Netflix, sometimes I feel like they're literally just like, all right, we're going to put a random, we're going to put an, uh, we're going to make a random number algorithm. We're going to start with eight. We're going to start with four episodes and it can go up to 16. All right, spit it out. Okay. Season one is going to have four episodes. Season two is going to have 12. Season three is going to have seven. Like, it's just, I, I just feel like, you know, to me, because I, I have OCD, I would like to see the same number every season. Not, oh. well... I mean, it's an online streaming service, so that's, you know, they can break the mold of needing your, you know, they don't have to cater basically to your advertising subscription bills. We need that 24 episodes. Boo! Actual agreement, et cetera, et cetera, and they can just kind of do it however they want. Oh. Then I'll tell you. Hmm. All right, mm. ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take a quick pause here. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to just the couple of the peoples uh, that support our show so very much. So without further ado, let me just give you a, uh, we're going to do two shout outs today. Uh, the first one, of course, is the Andy Cluster. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, I just choked on my. You okay there? Yeah. Don't die on me. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. You want more information? Go to IndieCluster.com. Now, of course, the other shout out I have to give is to the one and only Dr. Ryan of Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual means. If you want more information and you are in the greater Atlanta area, check out www.herochiropractic.com. And just so you guys know, Alta Confusion is going to be participating in Extra Life for like the millionth time. No, sorry. Uh, we'll be uh, 
participating in it for the 10th straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what we do best, gaming, to help sick and injured children in our chosen chosen uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospital. Of course, ours will forever be uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta. Uh, the money that we raise through this uh, will go directly to uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta as unrestricted funds. What this means is that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you want to donate today, all you got to do is go to extra-life.org, search for Alter Confusion. Uh, They'll pull it up. Or if you want to get in on the action, let's say that you want to actually partake in it, just once again, extra-life.org, and you find all the information right there. Finally, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Uh, Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a patron, Patreon page. Uh, Patreon lets you, the fan supporters, become active participants in the world, uh, sorry, in the work we love through a monthly membership. Uh, there's currently two levels for the membership. What this membership will give you is uh, access to exclusive content, uh, the ability to see uh, uh, early access to all the playthroughs we create, and also uh, if you go at the $5 a month level, you also get added to friends of the show. So basically, right as of right now, there is a $1 a month, which would be $12 a year, or a $5 a month, which would be $60 a year option. And all that money goes to Alter Confusion to help pay for uh, upkeep of equipment. And of course, one day, one very special day, when we get to return to conventions, uh, we will be utilizing that to help pay or cover the cost for conventions. Um, Valkyrie needs food badly. Extra life. Um, what food shall Zelius eat tonight? Whatever food Rose does not want to eat. Well, Boom. she doesn't get to eat my cat food. That's like, I have the good kind. She has to get her own. Oh, buddy. Those are fire words right there. Yeah. Gotta live in the edge. Mm. So, Zelius, you... Okay, so... Have you only been playing New World, or have you been playing some other stuff as well? No, I'm still playing Outriders. That's my main game. I just wanted to give New World a try. Like, because it's also alpha, so there's going to be character wipes. Um, or I'm assuming there's going to be a character wipe, so I was going to invest in the same amount of time. And I just wanted to play it just to kind of see what did the core mechanics of the game look like. Mm-hmm. Um, is really what I was looking to see, to see if it was going to pique my interest going forward. I see. Um, and so outside of that, then I've been still playing a lot of um, Outriders. Um, like the get the game, the core gameplay of the gunplay and your mm-hmm. special abilities, um, I find really fun and engaging. The problem is, is that the once you get through like the main storyline, the end game is pretty much trash. Um, how many games? How many games out there really have you know like a strong end game though? Well, the problem with this game is it's intended to have end game. It's just barely poorly executed. It's uh, there. <laughs> well, it's twofold. One is so the way you basically the end game's called expeditions. 
So basically think of it as like a horde mode where you just have to basically clear enemies, right? Mm -hmm. That's not the bad part. Mm -hmm. The bad part is, is you get your loot or the amount of loot is based on how fast do you clear the um, expedition. The problem with that is twofold. One is some classes natively have higher DPS than other classes. Yep. Um, and the other issue too is you have all these different mods, which you can modify your weapons, you have different skills, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's now DPS race. So you literally have to min max in order to clear it on the gold level. So you basically reduced extremely your um, builds, mm -hmm. um, which I think is lame. Like, so like I played originally was the Devastator. That's basically the tank class. And basically the I can't die build is not effective in expeditions because you just can't kill stuff fast enough. Whereas like I know it's, um, oh my gosh, how it's all brain fart. Warframe, they have other modes, like for instance, like a horde mode where it's, you just get loot based on how many waves can you clear. If it takes right. you 10 hours to clear the same waves it takes somebody else an hour to clear, more value to you, you still get the gear, right? Um, that's what I think most of the user base would prefer. The other bigger issue, like whatever, the other terrible issue is the matchmaking multiplayer is mm -hmm. probably the worst I've ever seen in a game. Basically. Really? The worst you've ever seen in a game? Oh, it's, so here's why. Okay. So basically you go to this little console, it's called matchmaking. It asks, do you want to join either a matchmaking game or, or a, sorry, a story mode game? or a expeditions game, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm posting a game, so like when I create a game, I can choose to make my lobby closed, friends, or open. Nowhere in there am I designating, am I playing story mode or expedition mode? So I don't even know how the game determines which type of mode I'm joining, because I've joined probably about 20 games, mm -hmm. and probably three of them are actually doing expeditions. The other ones are either in story mode, mm -hmm um running around doing quest or two people are afk because the default well i think it got changed actually in the patch but the x the default either still is or is going to be changed from being open to basically closed or friends only because you would join a lot of times open games of people who are just afk sitting there the other problem is is so you have expeditions and basically have tiers one through 15. Mm -hmm. they do what's called downs um which i hate the idea of is they do downscaling, meaning if you clear wave 10, that means now if you go back down to wave eight, for whatever reason, those characters' difficulties shrank back up to a higher difficulty to compensate because they figured, hey, you cleared wave 10, so you can clear something harder now, right? Yeah. The problem is if I go into a matchmaking and there's no filter, so I join a tier 11 game it gets clear because I got my ass carried, but I didn't get any <laughs> weapons. Now I go back to soloing tier eight. It's actually harder now than it was before. I'm sorry. Uh, Sam uh, had to go ask his 10-year-old what AFK meant. Away from keyboard, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, but but uh, you're absolutely right. I like I understand that there's there's like a, a game balancing mechanic. There, there are definitely games out there that will um, that will try to kind of mess with enemy stats to be a little bit, I guess, more challenging for you. Mm -hmm. Like if, um, but at the same time, 
by by basically uh, taking into consideration that you may have somehow magically reached wave twenty, and now you've jumped in at, at a uh, you know like uh, a wave ten, and that it it's got to be harder than the first time because you actually made it to twenty. That's some absolute crap. Well, um, the other reason it's dumb in a game like this. The loot you get is based on the tier you set. Meaning like, so if I go back, let's just say I clear tier 20, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to tier 10 does me no good because I get tier 10 items. It's not like my tiers magically <laughs> increase the gear. They, like if tier 10 magically now gave tier, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a random number, tier 15 gear because I cleared level 20, that might be a little bit different, right? Because at least you're compensating for the increased difficulty. Yeah. But because that tier 10 is still giving tier 10 items, there's absolutely no logic for also simultaneously increasing that difficulty. Which is ironic because one of the, I feel like the really good parts of the campaign is you have a separate system called world tier. And what you can do is you can increase the difficulty of your campaign to increase like the level drops and the legendary drops and that stuff means the enemies are difficult, more difficult, of course, but it means you can effectively play the game at your difficulty level that you want. Well, I think it's actually a great system. I love that. It, it's a fantastic system. It just falls apart when there's absolutely zero rationale for increasing tier difficulty when you already have 15 tier, tier difficulties that you manually select. With the other problem being when I join a game, I have no way of knowing what game I joined. Like, there's like no filter. There's no like chat. Like, I'm on PS5. I can't even ask. Like, hey, what tier is this? Just jump right in. Yeah, like hope for the best. Yeah, it's it's just terrible. Like that is the worst. Like it's abs the end game is absolute trash. It's, which is unfortunate because the rest of the game is great. Well, I mean. Uh... I, I can't disagree with you on any of that. I, that's, I, I understand it. If you, uh, the thing is you got to compensate the gamers who have, who, you know, have made it so far. If you're ramping up the difficulty at all, you got to compensate the players. Now, well, they do. that's what's weird is they have it where you can manually change it. Like that's, what's mm -hmm. so bizarre about the scaling is you already manually scale it to get better gear. Like, that's what, if that option wasn't even there, then it kind of makes sense, right? Because you have to scale somehow. Mm -hmm. But because I have that option to change it, that's what makes it all the more of a weird decision on the developer to make the tier more difficult, even though I have this other tier I can already choose, which is more difficult. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know what I'm saying? That's what makes it really strange to me. What the, the, uh, the other component that you were talking about um, is the, the timed component. And that has actually reared its ugly head a couple times with uh, with uh, Borderlands Three. Oh, um, and you know, you it, to me, look, I'm like a god among men now. I'm walking around. I can basically one or maybe five shoot anybody, and they just drop dead. But at the same time, like even even as uber awesome as I am, there's like, yeah, I got to complete this in 20 minutes, and I'm like, okay. And it's just like wave after wave after wave of enemy, and they're 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 sort of level matching me, so okay. it's not like you know it's not like I'm, I'm it's you know it'd be rank like a level twenty one quest, 
And then I go in there and they've basically pumped up the monsters to like, let's say I'm level, I don't know what level I am off the top of my head, but let's just say I'm level 50. It's a level 21 quest. All of a sudden, all the enemies in there are like a level uh, 35, you know, okay. kind of like an offset. So, you know, to make it challenging. There's a reason why I waited to do this quest later in the game so that I could fly through it, but you basically put speed bumps in there by uh, monkeying around or putting more elite enemies in my path. Well, and that's not like sometimes maybe you just want to go back to a level lower level and just like ruffle, ruffle stomp everyone. Like maybe you just want to feel like a god and like one shot every enemy with a old pistol you have just because you can. Like you, but because you go down to that level, lower level, you also know you're not going to get any gear you're going to use anyways. Yeah. So it's not like you're like somehow magically gaming the system. The other thing is, I don't think most players enjoy timed material. Like it creates this weird level of stress that's like, it's not the fun stress. Like, it's a good stress when it's like hard, you have to think, you have to strategize, you know, you got to do some um, kiting around. Like, that's fun. Like, when it's got that challenge. But to me, fighting against the clock, knowing I have to defeat these enemies in a quick way, that eliminate it. That's not a fun stress. That's like the, this is not enjoyable. Does that make sense? Like, it's no, it, yeah, absolutely. That's not a fun stress of a game. To no, what, what, what I'd like to see in a perfect uh, gaming world is that you, um, the first time you run through like a special quest or whatever, you can, you know, it, it's however long it takes, as long as you complete the, the, the laundry list of steps you have to do. And then for those interested, then if you want to replay the quest, give a timed option to see then you know, then play it as the, the, the fact of the matter is the putting a timed option on any quest, the first time you play uh the any game that that level of stress that's being put on you cuz you're not you're you're looking more at the fucking timer than you you are you know you're not enjoying the game anymore it's like okay i see a bad guy look at that timer look at the timer look at the timer he's dead okay cool go into the next one timer 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 uh huh you're not part of part of the video games for me is that escapism i i want to be able to escape this reality not basically do what a lot of us do uh, working, and that is watch the clock until it's time to clock out. And that's literally what we're doing uh, with these time missions. You know? I mean... Yeah. So, and the thing, like, so the Outriders, like, it, it's actually not far away. Like, they basically, in my estimation, mm -hmm. they a, just need to add, basically, like, let's just call the endless horn mode, right? Mm -hmm. Same exact mechanism they already have and if you can survive these hordes you get the gear just take out the time mechanism basically like that's really all there is to it and maybe do it a different way where instead of like you have to clear all these waves in you know 5 10 or 15 minutes it's for that tier level each horde you clear you and hell it could even be you know that Horde one is spawning at five minutes. Horde two is spawning at ten minutes, mm -hmm. and Horde three is spawning at fifteen minutes to create kind of your own time mechanism. I don't think players would hate that as much because uh, you still have you can still strategize around all the enemies on the field. Um, it just basically have a 
when I create a game, allow me to say, this is an expedition game of tier level 10. And then when I go to join a game, I can then filter, I want to find games of expedition tier level 10. That's really, I think all players are looking for. It sounds simple, but apparently uh, they just haven't figured it out. Well, they had other problems where like people were losing their entire inventory. Hooray. Yeah, that was a fun bug. I never encountered it, um, but there was a group of players who definitely encountered the, the you basically, you got disconnected from the game, mm -hmm. usually playing with other people. And for whatever reason, everything you have in game was lost. Oh, that's the exact opposite of what the kind of bug you want to experience. And that is for some reason, your inventory, everything just duplicated just for uh, shits and giggles. Who knows? But it just duplicated. I remember the original Diablo playing yes. over at Mike's house. Yep. Up in the upstairs. And we thought, all right, we're what middle school. And we thought we were hot stuff for figuring out the dupe bug in Diablo where you can duplicate gold. Yeah, buddy. We thought it was the best damn thing ever. Yeah. Oh, memories. Um, just in case you're wondering. Right, apparently Diablo Immortal has reached alpha stage. No. No. <laughs> Stop that. Right now. It's coming. Oh, I do have sad news. Oh, Christ, what happened? I know it was on our Discord, but Jeff Kaplan has officially left Overwatch and Blizzard. I know. Which... Let's, look, let's be honest. Activision's been trying to strangle Blizzard into submission since the merger. They want the name. They don't want the people. They want to micro-transaction the hell out of everything, and basically everything you read is Kaplan was basically the guy preventing Overwatch as it is being microtransaction to hell, meaning like at one time, the scuttlebutt is basically like Activision wanted to do like other games do. We had to pay for releases of maps and releases of, you know, characters being released and that stuff. Mm -hmm. And Capital was like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. If that happens, you're going to already kill Overwatch before we got going. Um, and... You, you know, you kind of read it and you kind of like worry like, because not long ago, he was like, we got excited news about Overwatch 2 coming off. So he still seemed excited about it. So it seems like. We don't care about Overwatch 1 anymore. Look at this cool 2. Woo! So worry, like the worry basically is that he gave up, uh, understandably so, mm -hmm. of fighting the Activision behemoth. And basically Overwatch 2 is going to be a microtransaction hell is what it comes down to. And it's not going to be the same game because it's going to go to the Activision model of charging for maps and characters and all the other shit. Which they're going to give uh, Vicarious Vision the the entire development. Yeah, I mean they're so already that, doing that, a Blizzard project now. They'll just do some more. So that's the worry is that this really basically bring like him leaving is really like not a good sign for the development of Overwatch Two in terms of will it actually be fun? Trick question. There, there won't be fun at all. So it can't be or can. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just another cookie cutter. We slapped a cool name on it because we thought that you know brand recognition would have you buy the game, which is unfortunately 
the the ability that a lot of AAA publishers have is that they can slap a recognizable brand on a box and people will blindly buy that crap. Well, in this case, uh, so before this, Overwatch 2 for me was going to be a game one, a day one purchase. I mean, I played the hell out of Overwatch. Now, I'm going to be waiting and see. That actually makes, that, that, that uh, makes me wonder. Uh, I usually like to, to um, keep an eye on the, the, the categories on Twitch to see what's the more, the most popular ones. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm pulling it up. Okay. Um, let's see here. Where are you? Um, there we go. Overwatch has, uh, currently has 17.8 thousand, uh, live viewers right now. And when you compare it to something like, let's say Valorant, Valorant has 156,000. Uh, Fortnite has 131,000. Apex Legends has 55.4. Wow. Path of Exile has 37,000 viewers. Ultra Confusion has three. Yes! Like, I could not imagine watching Path of Exile. That sounds terribly boring. You see, that's the thing that, that this... Uh, I don't get it. There are there are certain games and there's certain like genres on some of these streaming services that you're like, how is anybody watching this? And yes, um, my personal favorite. Oh, where where is it? Slots. Like you're watching someone play a slot machine. Nine hundred ninety nine viewers for Rage Shadow Legends. Yeah, I have to no. I, I don't believe you. That's a, that has to be a lie. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Okay, yeah, I guess there's like raids and there's like 170 people watching a three. I, I, I don't get it. Oh. Wow. Yep. I tried playing the game and I'm like, this is not good. But, oh, well, whatever. What do I know? You know, I've, I've found that many people out there do not understand the awesomeness that I see in games and the crap, crapitude of games that they somehow find awesome. This is a true statement, sir. You have a solid point. So I know that we're getting kind of near the end, but I did want to uh, show off uh, some new additions to my collection. As many of you may have noticed, I have a little bit of a problem when it comes to Funko Pops. There are four yeah. new Funko Pops in my collection. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me show you some of my Funko Pops. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. The first one is... Oh, wow. The birthday glasses Deadpool. That's only weird. at Target. Oh, how about? Is it really his birthday though? I don't know. How about the LARP Deadpool, complete with cardboard sword? That's pretty hardcore. And if you want the birthday vibe, how about Deadpool and a cake? 
And then finally, just for a slight change of pace. Do you really like Deadpool or something? I'm very confused. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, and for a slightly different, uh, you know, flavor, I have uh, Spartan Mark 7. Yeah, what? Spartan Mark 7. Ah, okay. Makes From sense. Hello. I did not know who it was. I want, okay. Sam says, I want the retail value of all those Funkos. Okay, so you should go steal them from his house. I think it'd do him some good. The 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 collection value is higher than the amount I have spent on the Funko Pops. Up that, right, it's a shit ton of money I've spent on Funko Pops, but my collection is worth more than the money I've spent. So I've actually, technically, I, I I'm I'm in the black if I were to sell everything, which it's I'm not. Actually, worth anything if you can sell them now. True, and there's there's certain Funko Pops that are worth um, a butt ton of money. If I can remember what the stupid site is, Pop Collection. Nope, not that one. There you go, Pop Price Guide. I think that's the one. Just because Sam asked, I'm going to tell you uh, the my most voluble one currently oh wow that's interesting um i don't know where that one is because i wasn't expecting that one to be so i've got a funko pop from a tv show which is a phenomenal tv show you have you should watch it if you haven't it's called gravity falls uh, i was on uh disney uh grunkle stan from gravity falls is current i bought him for Ten dollars. Its current value, one hundred and five. I definitely have not seen it. That's good. It's really good. I I really really like it. It's very good. And hell, my this wonderful oversized oogie boogie is worth uh, currently is worth fifty five dollars when I bought it for twenty. So from August twenty seventh, two thousand fifteen, Gravity Falls is the best show on television. Yeah. According to Forbes. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And, and the other thing is that there was the, the creator had like an end in mind. And and he and he hit the end, of course, easily. And of course there was like, we want more. He's like, eh, really not. It was the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you could potentially carry on the the story, but like the big story arc happened. It it'd be kind of like what if you want to do, it's kind of like what Castlevania, what Netflix is trying to do with Castlevania. Mm, that yeah. is, that arc is complete. But let's use, you know, let's continue with this universe because, oh, it's good. Makes sense. But anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that uh, Zealus's master is probably calling him. So really intent me intently at me, ready to eat my eyeballs. Mm, that sounds painful. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday night hangout for myself. And Zealis. It's been a pleasure giving you everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back here for an on we'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday night hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming. In the free world. Amen to that, brother. Mm -hmm.